Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, the Department of Transportation has a plan to help you get airline refunds quicker, and Southwest welcomes a mother-daughter pilot team. Those and more stories next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we address the who really runs this hotel issue. You thought you were staying at a Marriott or Hilton, but perhaps you really are not. A man is on a JetBlue flight sitting in economy. A first-class passenger gives him a face mask. The flight attendant wants it back because he isn't a first-class passenger. Who's right? Listen and help us decide at 335. In entertainment news, Bruce Springsteen fans are up in arms over ticket prices for his upcoming concerts. And we have tips for you if you want to be part of Portland's annual Naked Bike Ride. Yes, folks, Naked Bike Ride. Details at 350. The tower travel guys are going downhill. We've stooped to naked bike rides. On a hot Sunday afternoon, what could be better than a cold beverage and naked bike ride in the latest edition of The Travel Guys? On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. and girls, children of all ages, it's the Travel Guys and Entertainment Radio Circus with Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. Thank you for spending some time with us this afternoon. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Good afternoon, Mark. It's been a week since we talked. I think uh, last week I know you went to San Francisco and saw the Giants' big event, the retirement of the Will Clark jersey and all. uh, Yeah. That was the last that- time the Giants won a ball game until yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a kind of a kind of a funeral at the ballpark all week with the uh, with the Dodgers in town. But yes, we had a good time uh, retiring Will Clark's number, and and Will was uh, a, a bit outspoken in his uh, during his career with the Giants, and he's still working with them in some sort of front office capacity, I think now. But anyway, it was a it was a good weekend at the ballpark. The weather in San Francisco was perfect it was perfect 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 well you can't beat that that's uh you have to say that uh you know during the summertime when it gets really really hot there it draws in that uh, coastal fog stuff and cools the city down and it does become a a beautiful place to be outdoors Uh, you just want to make sure though in a lot of cases to be sure to be sure to bring a jacket well should we get right to it let's go for it all right, at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the latest, here's Mark. Brought to you cleverly by the bumper music from Huey Lewis and the News. And the News. Yes, I had someone ask me the other day, why do you guys always play, always play that Huey Lewis music at the top of the program? And I said, well, you know, because it's Huey Lewis and, and the, the News. And the News. And we're about to do The News. The News. And that was Tom's clever idea a long time ago, and I thought it was pretty cool. And the guy says, 
wow, I never thought of that. So anyway, um, yeah, one of my friends who isn't always, you know, shall we say, in a normal state of mind. Um, airline refunds could get a lot easier with a new bill that has started through Congress. Um, they have decided that airlines um, have drugged their feet on refunds, and that's that absolutely is true, uh, has always been true. So a little congressional help, they figure, might help the airlines understand maybe some rules that are a little bit more like the European rules, where it's a little more cut and dried as to who owes who the money and when. The only problem is, as was pointed out to me um, already by a couple of people this week, is that um, the way the legislation is written, they would like for whoever you bought the ticket from. So let's say, for example, you bought a ticket from our friend Gwen Duncan. Mm-hmm. and your flight was canceled. So now Gwen would be expected to give you the money. The only problem is that Gwen has already paid the airline reporting people for your ticket, so now the money basically comes out of her pocket until the airline gives it back to her. Well, what if the airline says, well, wait a minute, we're not really sure that we owe this money back. We, we need to look at this more closely and blah, 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 which happens occasionally in those refund situations. So it, it's... The airlines, it appears as though, are trying once again to take something that is designed to help consumers and twist it around so that it will help consumers less because that way it will be less of an inconvenience to them. If they're not out of pocket for that money and the agencies are for a while, why then, of course, that keeps more money in their coffers, which is what business is all about at the end of the day. So um, some good ideas about getting airline refunds to consumers quicker and easier and making it more defined. Uh, Headlines said that this would make all airline tickets refundable. Um, You had to read the fine print to know that that wasn't quite true. It only applied to specific situations. I would just say to you that Southwest took all of the fun out of all of the air out of the room completely for everybody a couple weeks ago when they just said, you know what, our tickets are just going to be refundable forever. And my guess is that didn't cost them a whole lot of money because my guess is that after a year or two or whatever, that many airline refunds that were, have not been used are never going to be used. So their risk there was probably not all that great. They, were, they got out in front of something and made themselves look good, which is what Southwest used to do. So maybe they're back to being their old selves again. Yeah, uh, the love vouchers will be lost in email. So if, if you get one of those, make sure you park it somewhere where, where, or put a note to remind you that, that you have it. By the way, uh, if you if you do uh, give it a love voucher, uh, you know, keep in mind that uh, if you check, you better check your account and make sure that they truly did uh, send it to you because I've discovered that just because you made the call and you did all the right things doesn't necessarily mean that they did or do. So, you mean an yeah. airline would be less than 100% honest with its customers? Well, you know, I don't know if it's – it's just that I discovered that a large percentage of these people that are working as customer service reps mm-hmm. are working from home. Yes. And you can always tell true. by the yap, by the yappy dog in the background. <laughs> okay. And uh, they, oh yeah, we've been doing this for quite some time, and yeah, hard to know. There's no, there's no, uh, so there's nobody watching over them, and, and they get distracted with the yappy dog or the crying baby, and yeah. sometimes they just just don't get it done. So always do a follow up and make sure 
that you got what uh, your refund as it was was promised. It does make those refunds much easier to use. I was on my phone yesterday buying a Southwest ticket and had a $40 Southwest credit, and it showed up right on my phone. It was very easy for me to access. Do you want to use it? Ping, yes. I uh, didn't have to enter a bunch of numbers or letters or codes or anything like that. So in some ways... It it is a better system, but you're right. If an airline promises you something, make sure that they followed through on it because the landscape is littered with people who were promised things by airlines and never gotten them. So yes, you are. That is a very wise suggestion. Is make sure if an airline promises you something and you can't walk away from the counter with it, that it was put where it was supposed to be. Very good. Coming to a to an airport near you, this is like the coolest thing since Scotch tape. Um, in Detroit, if you're a Delta Airlines passenger, this is one of their hubs now, and you register with their um, uh, their visual. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Your eyes, so they can detect your 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 eyes. Oh, the uh, cornea scanning, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Neither one of us is able to do this. Yeah, we're, we're doing great at this. Facial recognition yeah. technology. Facial recognition. Yeah, Clear uses that. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So anyway, in in Detroit, at the you know how you walk up to uh, you're in a hub airport. Well, even in Sacramento, you walk up to the airline's flight board, and or the airport's flight board, depending on how big of an airport it is, and you're going to see uh, anywhere from three or four to a couple of dozen to fifty. Uh, flights listed up there, all in some sort of order, alphabetical by city, arrival time, departure time, whatever. So in order to find yours, you've got to kind of scan through a lot of stuff. What if you could walk up to one of those boards and look at it, and the only information that would appear on it is the information that's relevant to your flight? Wow, what if there was a crowd of six people or ten people all staring at the same time? What if they could all see only their own information and not yours <laughs> or not all the others? Um, Delta has done this. Yeah, yeah, Delta has done this in, in Detroit. Um, it's called a parallel reality screen, and there are two wow. places in the airport now. If you register with their flight, with their uh, facial recognition technology, you go up to one of those screens. The screen will recognize who you are, and then it will take away all of that other stuff. And the only thing that you will see is your flight information, and no one else will be able to see it. And up to, interesting you use that number, up to half a dozen people could be looking at the board at the exact same time. And again, all they would see was their exact personal flight information. I think that is pretty cool. Uh, and, you, and, you, and you say they call it the parallel universe? No, the parallel reality screen. Oh, that's even better. Parallel re- i got to write that down. Parallel reality, parallel reality. Okay. screen. It's almost enough to make me want to fly to Detroit Honestly. in order to, to make it work. I mean, I just... I might have to look that up just to see what it looks like. Yeah, I'm, I'm and just, and and I'm going to produce a movie, and that's the title. Yes, weird in one of those ways is that's Mark. Did you know most countries around the planet have opened back up? I find this really interesting. Um, Japan is a country that you cannot travel to as a tourist. You can go on an organized tour that's been endorsed by the government, and there aren't very many of them. Uh, only about 1,500 foreign leisure tourists have visited Japan this summer. How really? Interesting, yeah. Japan and Cuba. 
have to you can only go for educational purposes. Yeah, well, Cuba that's got a whole different a whole different label written on it, and of course depends on who's in office in the White House as to the whole Cuba situation. Hey, here's something cool in Las Vegas talking about um, cool air, airline flight display uh, boards in Detroit. Um, Las Vegas at the Bellagio, they have started this new dining concept called the Garden Table Dining Concept. Um, it is, there are only, what is there, three of these tables. Um, they have put them in a garden in, you can get seated at them for a fairly simple brunch or dinner. And it's a it's a predetermined menu, and you can sit inside a garden inside the hotel, and be able to have a an a immersive dining experience at the garden table. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. You know, I mean, if you've been to Las Vegas a hundred times, or you're one yeah. of those folks who goes to Las Vegas, I know folks who go to Las Vegas who don't gamble. They just sure. they enjoy Las Vegas because they've done all these things to entice gamblers, right? And so they go and get enticed by all of those things, and never neither one of them has any interest in gambling at all. They might play a slot machine with the last four nickels they had on the way out the door, or something like that. That would be the, right. the only. Well, there is a lot of entertainment and a lot of great shows and uh, fine dining and all of that. Uh, if you if gambling isn't your thing, it certainly is a fun city. A garden table experience. You know, I might crank that up here in my side yard where my my three tomato plants and two uh, zucchinis are. I, you'll have to deal with it. You'll have to deal with deal with the trash cans, though. <laughs> Offer this to your neighbors the garden dining experience. Yes, the garden Romano garden dining experience. <laughs> as long as you can Looking deal with, do the crash, trash cans have any? Are they odiferous in any way, or would oh, that be oh, only when you open them? I, only when you open them. Of course, of course nowadays we've got that new thing that's uh, all over Sacramento, where you where you do your uh, your compost bucket, yeah. where you put your you know all of your food products in it, and it goes in your green waste now. Every week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, your trash is not going into garbage. Garbage goes into recycle, goes into the with the green recycle and get compost and we save planets and, and run automobiles and so forth. So that that may be an issue, but yeah, this will be my side hustle. That Travel Guys Ramana's Recycling table update brought to you by, um, anyways, all right, back to the travel news here for a couple more items. Um, the airlines, remember earlier this summer, the airlines said, all right, we're going to reduce our schedules a little bit because it looks like that we may not be able to pull this off. So they did. United, Southwest, Delta all reduced their schedules uh, significantly in order to try to downsize their operation to fit their the number of people they had, what a novel idea. Um, the U.S. And, and now the Department of Transportation and the Federal Aviation Administration says we are starting to see fewer delays and cancellations in the sky. They credit it to the fact that the airlines stopped trying to run more flights than they could, than they could staff. So things, instead of getting worse as the summer went on, are actually getting better. Here's kind of a cool story from South. This came from Southwest Airlines this week. The first mother-daughter pilot duo debuted. July the 23rd, uh, mother and daughter flew together from Denver to St. Louis. This is uh, Captain Holly Pettit and First Officer Kelly Pettit, her daughter. First time that they have flown together, and Southwest thinks it is the first time that a mother-daughter crew has ever captained a u.s airline in fact southwest is saying they think it's the first time it's happened anywhere on the planet 
Amazing. That's great news. Yeah. That's isn't cool. That, isn't that kind of a – that's a really, really, really cool story, I think. Um, congratulations to Southwest Airlines and to mother and daughter, daughter Holly and Kelly. And that is your travel news for today. And we are the Travel Guys. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about is that really a Marriott or Hilton you're staying in, or could it be something else? But where are the clouds? Quick, send in the clouds. Don't bother, they're here. Is, is that a is that a statement on our radio show or is there something <laughs> we up to something? Here, That's right? the voice of Judy Collins, um, and I, I I confess I'm not a huge across the board Judy Collins fan, but that song "Send in the Clowns" is really cool. Um, that is, we have a a a, a reason for bringing that up. Um, Sports Leisure Vacations has a trip to see Judy Collins at the Gallo Center in Modesto on the 30th of September. So if Judy Collins is somebody that you enjoy listening to and you would like to spend an evening listening to her music, um, call the folks at Sports Leisure Vacations tomorrow, and they will be happy to help you set up a trip to see Judy Collins. I think we have about a half a dozen tickets left. Go down and have dinner and see the concert in Modesto, and we do that uh, at the Gallo Center down there oh, four, five, six times a year. So, Anyways. And the number is... Uh, the number is, let's see, uh, 3691636120512051. Yes, I have more of a radio voice. And or sportsleisure.com. All right. There you go. And, All right. Uh, send in the clown. Yep. Uh, a few things here to make you a smarter traveler in the five minutes we have before the news at the bottom of the hour. Um, I mentioned, and we mentioned in the headlines um, something. This has come up. On Chris Elliott's website, you know, he's the guy who likes to help consumers solve problems. And a couple of consumers have had problems recently with uh, hotel properties. And when they went back and said, well, wait a minute, um, this is a courtyard by Marriott, and Marriott's policy is, well, then Marriott said, well, yes, that's Marriott's corporate policy. You are staying in a franchise property that is franchised by Marriott to joe blow and his friends or whomever and so they only have to play by a certain number of marriott rules and in other areas they can kind of make up their own rules as long as they're somewhat in line with the general direction that the property goes which is like vague as hell um and so people are getting burned on what they think is well marriott has a rule on cancellations and therefore it should apply to this property well maybe not so much um, it also turns out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that most hotel properties are franchised. So this means that only a small number of hotel properties are actually have to play by a, a set of rules. The other properties, it's like, well, here are the rules. We suggest that you play by these because this is what we have set about. But if it says Marriott on the building... Uh-huh. Or it says Hilton on the building. Uh-huh. Doesn't that make them a Marriott or a Hilton? Uh-uh. It does technically and in lots of ways economically and corporately. But when it comes down to consumer things, not so much. So well, how just, do you find out as a consumer? Well, that, you the, can. The place you're booking is what you think it is. You'd have, you to, ask? Do, you'd you have ask? to do a little, do a little digging to find out. Um, this is more of a just a, a of an alert as than it is a how to resolve this problem 
because yes, you could find out at every property, but it would be a lot of effort, a lot of time and a lot of effort. If there's something specifically that you're concerned about, if you think that you're going to have to cancel late or something, then you might want to ask them when you're booking, you know, is this a franchise property or a Marriott property? And then you might turn around and call the property if you had a specific question. But most properties, particularly outside of downtown areas, are franchise properties. Okay, one other really quick thing here I want to get in before uh, the bottom of the hour. Um, The airlines have a lobbying group, and we've talked about this a little bit before. It's called Airlines for America. So when you're out there in the real world and you're reading press releases or articles or you're seeing a story on the news or you're picking up something off the Internet, be alert. Because if you see that it was released by Airlines for America – and it talks about all the wonderful things they're doing for consumers, you can pretty much figure out that that's mostly BS. Um, Airlines for America is what it's called. A4A is their uh, favorite abbreviation, and that is strictly the airline's own group. It's basically a consumer lobbying group. So if you are in there, if, if you see something that's from Airlines for America, Take it with a grain of salt because that's basically about all that it's worth. Well, finally, one last thing here. i got just a few seconds, Thomas. Um, if you are finding out at hotels or airlines, if you're a top-tier person, you've worked really hard to earn that top tier, and you're saying, well, geez, seems like everybody on the planet is top tier these days. You're probably correct. The airlines and the hotels have not been real strict about kicking people off of the tiers, and so there are a lot more people at the top than there used to be. If you hang on and make it one more year, my suggestion is that you'll probably see those ranks thinned out next year because they are starting to enforce those requirements for attaining those for for retaining those levels now. By the way, our website travelguysradio.com, you can get podcasts of the program there. You can also sign up for alerts as to when the podcasts are ready. Yeah, that way you don't have to sit around waiting and or checking back to see if uh, it's been posted. We'll let you know. Okay, Mark, uh, this is a fun story, and we got an interesting piece of audio to go with it. Why don't you set it up for us? The uh, uh, this is imagine that you're on an airplane, and you're an economy passenger. I'm guessing this guy was probably fairly close to first class. Um, he was traveling with JetBlue, which calls their their first class product a mint. That's their yeah. that's their name for it. So it's important for you to know that mint mint seating. You, yes, you're mint in seating. mint seating. M I N T. So um, if you're you're if you're an up if you're an upgraded section, you're a mint passenger. Otherwise, you're in economy. So apparently, this gentleman was in economy. He didn't have his eye mask with him. He asked the flight attendant for an eye mask, and she told him, no, you can't have one because only the people up front get those, probably part of some little amenity kit or something like that. So apparently a first-class passenger overheard the conversation and sometime after that came back and gave the economy passenger his or her face mask from the amenity kit. So now the flight attendant, seeing that this guy suddenly has a face mask because it's decided to pull rank and says, you didn't pay for it. You can have it. I don't care, even if it was given to you. So listen to this bit of audio now from the actual situation, and then we'll discuss it on the backside. Sir, I need to take that mask, please. Um, sorry. You didn't buy a mint seat, so you can't use the mint products. 
yes, these kits available for sale? Those kits are not available for sale. You can buy them online, but you cannot buy them on the airplane. You can't even buy them online right now. Well, I think it's a little ridiculous. The, but the, I don't have 143 other masks to give everybody else in the airplane a mask. That's not fair. Well, How is that I, fair I, I that I you get one and they can't have one? You didn't give me a mask, though. No, I didn't. But you, you refused. Took, he, he, you he, did your job. You did yes, your job. But you got it from refused. a customer sitting in there. A you, you gave a customer sitting there. Yes. I mean, product. not for you, for him to use. It, that means just the like sir, what's to keep them from bringing all the blankets and all the food back here to their friends. They can't do that either. So what, what you're saying is that because somebody up there has an eye mask. So would it be okay for him wait, to bring the blanket set and the food? Would they be able to take the eye mask with them off the plane? The gentleman up there, he still has Yes, the absolutely. He, so he owns that eye mask now, right? Once he could he, walk with it off the plane. He owns it. But he has not. It's his property. But he, he doesn't. But he still can't bring it back here and give it to a customer back here. If if I got off the plane with him and he took his eye mask off the plane, he could then give it to. But him, that right? did not happen. So. You are you are stealing his property. You, no, you I'm not. It, you want to search my belongings to find an eye mask? You had it on. I plainly saw it. And then you took it off, and I sent a customer agent back here. I have an eye mask in my backpack. That yeah, is my property. You've already told it's me my that, property. You already told me that he gave it to you. He he bestowed the property for, that he owns to me. The property would belong to JetBlue, then it belonged to him, then it belonged to I asked the flight attendant very nicely if I could have an eye mask. She had just given one to somebody in first class. She said, sorry, this is only for first class. I totally understood. I said, I get it. Well, if you have any extras in 10 minutes or 30 minutes, I'm in row 10C. I'd love to have one. I couldn't fall asleep all night. I would go to my seat in economy, and 10 minutes later, a lady from first class who overheard me comes and asks, are you the one that said that you couldn't fall asleep all night? I said, yeah, that's me. She takes out her eye mask from first class, and she says, here, you can have mine. I was so heartwarmed. 10 minutes later, the JetBlue flight attendant comes back to my seat and forces me to take it out of my backpack and to give it back to them, even though I'd already been using it because they don't allow people from first class to donate anything to the passengers in economy. The entire crew supported her decision. The supervisor supported her decision. They called security, and I had to give back the mask or I would have been kicked off the flight. Okay, so well, so uh, before, <laughs> before, I ask, before I ask your opinion on this, Thomas, um, there are a couple of pieces of information here when the gentleman's telling his story that don't exactly line up. He said the lady came back and gave him the mask, so, and, and then he put the mask on, which is how the flight attendant saw it. But then the flight attendant said, well, then he didn't have it on. He had it in his carry-on. So he must have known something was up. He must have sensed that they were about, the hammer was about to come down on him and taken the mask off and put it into his carry-on bag. So this kind of seems like a pissing contest to me uh, between the flight attendant and a customer. But anyway, what, what, do you, what did you think? I think this is the most immature uh, activity on the part of uh, of an airline, uh, and, and partly on the uh, the passenger, but mostly. I mean, my gosh, what is this second grade? You know, oh, we don't have uh, enough eye masks for for everybody, so you know, everybody. We don't have gum for everyone, so no chewing gum in class, or or whatever the case may be. It just seems it seems so so infantile and the fact that he had a buddy that uh, or a woman that wanted to you know help him sleep by providing him her mask and 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 uh 
and then he couldn't he couldn't have it, uh, you know. Uh, and, and do you think anybody that other 140 people in that plane even gave a crap? Of course not. They don't <laughs> they don't care. I mean, I, it, it was really. I lost a lot of respect for JetBlue for sticking up for this flight attendant and and going down this road. But don't you uh, think that the the passenger that this there was a little bit of a setup here? I mean, after all. He had to decide. He had to know something was coming because he yep. punched record on his phone because he he it's recorded true. the conversation with the flight attendant. So he must have had a little bit of a, of a plan. You're right. She's acting like he's in second grade, and he's acting like a second grader. So That's true. what a perfect match they were because, I mean, really, <laughs> there's like I said, there's a, probably a couple of pieces of information here. He asked for a mask. What other conversation, what was part of that conversation? Were there any looks or any, you know, I, I mean, there's something, there's there's a piece of information that if you were sitting in 10D across from the gentleman, I'll bet you you would have, and it would shed yeah. a little bit of a little <laughs> bit of light on this. But it does seem uh, if somebody from first class, I've done this before, I've had, a, you know, you have a situation where you're traveling with somebody, and I have a lot of status on on the airlines because my customers have bought a lot of tickets over the years and that has helped me attain the the status without actually having to fly all of all the miles but i'll get upgraded to first class and they'll give me some little amenity thing that i know could be of use to somebody who's in the back so i'll get up and i'll go and take it to an assistant tour director or a customer and it could be something like a face like an eye mask or Mm -hmm. something like that so i just I it it seems to me like the flight attendant was kind of going a little bit overboard by going back and and saying, well, you know, you're not in first class. Even if someone gave it to you, you can't have it. Give it back. And he was obviously playing some kind of game with the flight attendant that got it to this point. Do do you think uh, uh, do you think they went back and chastised the woman who uh, gave up her mask to the guy in economy? Uh, well, and that's another piece of information that doesn't seem to line up because he says that a woman came back and gave him the mask, and right. the flight attendant refers to the person who gave him the mask as a male. Right. So buddy of his. That y- yeah. So it just it, it's it's uh, like I said. I kind of feel like that the gentleman who was in economy. Um, that he kind of set the flight attendant up. He saw this about to happen, and he decided that he was going to make a big deal about it. I, I think, you know, technically he probably didn't do anything wrong, but he may have set up a situation that caused the flight attendant. And 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 notice he said the rest of the staff supported the flight attendant. So they must have decided that he was a jerk before this all came down. And they, but anyway, I just thought we're we're making a whole lot here out. Of, out of nothing, I, but I thought it would know, be fun to just take was. a situation like this because this is how situations on planes get to the level of somebody taking a swing at somebody. This is generally how they start. You know, uh, I, I, the guy probably just wanted to uh, get some audio on the Travel Guys radio show, and he pulled it <laughs> off. So there you go. He wins, we lose. But it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It, it, it was fun, and... And we still have a segment to go with tips for the naked bike ride. So if you think that you can turn on to the travel guys and not get a full picture of what's going on in the travel kingdom, then you would be wrong. You're listening to the Parallel Reality Radio Show. 
from our garden table next to my tomato plants, it's Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. Oh, oh, pity the poor person who just tuned in and has no idea what you're talking about from earlier yeah, in the program. I'll give, yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, I like it, though. Go. I like it. I I promise by next weekend I will have given it up. All right. All right. What do we have for our last segment? Uh, We've got a couple of things. Yeah, we got three things here. Um, You know, a lot of the, uh, uh, especially a lot of the old-time entertainers, Bruce Springsteen is the latest one, who is, Springsteen is 72, by the way, um, has uh, mounted a concert tour for this year, and they're pricing the tickets based on uh, dynamic pricing, which has become... Uh, popular at sporting events and theaters and hotels and everything else, and so it's basically supply and demand. And uh, tickets that were two or three or four hundred dollars are turning out to be two or three or four thousand dollars because of this dynamic pricing thing. So it's, it really has a lot of Springsteen fans kind of up in arms. Well, you know, I can understand dynamic pricing at, when it comes to a sporting event. The Kings are playing. The worst team in basketball, uh, the ticket prices are going to be pretty low. They're playing the Lakers or the team that won the championship. The prices are going to be going to be higher. But it's Bruce Springsteen, you know. I mean, it's the same guy. It's the same concert as last time around. You would think that they could just have fixed prices, or is it just simply that the fixed prices are getting higher? Uh, well, the fixed prices are getting higher, but what's happening is that um, the entertainers and the venues and the people who who put together the contracts and make the money yeah. so make the money off the concerts, instead of all this money going to the second level sellers and the ticket scalpers, they want that money themselves. So what they're doing is saying that you know if you were before if you were lucky enough to buy a three hundred dollar ticket. And you could get two thousand dollars for it. Why then? That was your seventeen hundred bucks you made. So what the promoters are saying is, uh, uh-uh, uh, um, we want to capture some of that money ourselves. So where we can see that these tickets are in huge demand, uh, we're going to price them accordingly. And of course, concert people are not quite used to this yet, and so they're screaming uh, up and down. Uh, Taylor Swift and Paul McCartney, people like that, have used this for years, but it is spreading now. Um, before it was just the superest of the superstars, but now it's it's spreading. And of course, with Springsteen, like I mentioned at the beginning of the of the bit, he's seventy two years old. So if you're a Springsteen fan, he's big. He's yeah. Really but big. how how many more tours is he going to do? So you know, <laughs> each one could be. And he has already said he will never do a farewell tour. So everyone could be the last one. So if you're a Springsteen fan, I mean, I just I think it's ridiculous personally, but I can also see. I can think of situations where I would probably pay ridiculous amounts of money to see and hear uh, people like that. But, you know, I wouldn't pay $2,000 to go to a World Series game, I don't think. Um, I don't think, he says. Um, listen, here's something kind of cool. If you, Because you live here in Sacramento, if you go to San Francisco, the San Francisco Marriott Marquis um, for three months is going to have a thing called the Curiosity Room. It's a TED room. Uh, and something that uh, it, it, it has all kinds of uh, puzzles and riddles and things throughout the room that you can solve. And when you finish the final challenge, you get a certificate of completion and a free dessert at the hotel restaurant. Um, this is something that is not only in San Francisco, it's going to spread um, to Bangkok and London and Brooklyn. 
uh, Marriotts in a couple of in in the coming months. So anyway, if you're the kind of person who would like to get an extra dimension out of your hotel room, that sounds like fun. Getting a hotel room that was full of puzzles and things to figure out and stuff like that. So I I have a prediction. This will be the not the last time you hear us talking about that type of amenity in a hotel room. That's interesting. There are there are places. Um, trying to think what they're exactly called. Uh, not mystery rooms. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's come what. Come on, you're... Caitlin. What what are they called? Help me out here. Escape rooms, you're talking about? Yes, there you go. Escape rooms. Have you ever been to one of those? Isn't that cool, Caitlin, how I threw my voice and sounded like you? Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, escape rooms are uh, along that uh, along that theory. To, to escape the room, there are puzzles. Right. And different things that you have to find and figure out and the clues and so forth. So having it in a hotel room uh, could be a lot of fun. Now, if it... Uh, if it gave you free access to the mini bar, I would definitely be on board. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, uh, usually my biggest hotel puzzle with the hotel room, I, I kid you not, um, I stay in a lot of hotels. I've been in the travel business 40 years. Probably safe to say oh I God. stay 150 nights a year in a hotel. Um, that's, like six, that's like 6,000 if you do all of that math. But anyway, uh, usually my biggest puzzle is where is the key to the room? Sometimes I have just come from the front desk, and you would think finding the hotel key would be easy. But usually for me, especially the second time I'm at the room, because I have this horrible habit of walking in the hotel room and laying the key down on the table by the TV screen or something like that, setting the key down, and I may have two keys. I took one out of the packet to open the door. The other one's still in the packet. I set them both on the TV table there and then turn around Mm -hmm. at some point and walk out of the room and then – come back to the room of course and realize that well i must have the key i've only been here a couple hours but then of course i haven't don't have the key and have to go back down to the front desk we call it the perp walk um when you have to go back to the front desk and get a key when you've only been in the hotel for a couple of hours (laughs) all right um what everyone has been waiting for 10 etiquette trips for portland's world naked bike ride have you heard of this tom uh, no, not until I, I know Portland has a lot of stuff, but I don't think the naked bike ride uh, has come up before. Uh, yeah, well, Kate, it was... Caitlin indicated that uh, that she's she's been. She hasn't rode, but uh-huh. she has watched, and she said it's pretty amazing. I, I see. Well, um, they had the first one uh, is this year since 2018. So if you're the kind of person who is inclined to participate in public nudity or you want to slyly go and observe public nudity, or you just think this is kind of an interesting thing and you'd like to witness it all, um, it is possible to do that. But the Oregonian newspaper has created some etiquette rules for those who might like to go out and watch the bike ride and or be a part of the bike ride. And I, 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 I saw these and I thought, well, these are important. And I think it's also important to say that not every single person in the bike ride is completely naked. Some people have chosen out of modesty to cover the more revealing parts. But, yes, I would say I have never been, but I have a friend who has been. And in preparing this little bit, I asked him if uh, he took pictures, and he said yes. Um, he said I was you know, up on a hill of, of a distance away. But he said, no, I wasn't trying to take pictures of particular people in their body parts. Um, we weren't doing a Playboy article. He said I was just thought the whole thing was kind of curious. Here were all these 
scantily clad or naked people. And the other thing is, remember, this is Portland, not Sacramento. So in Portland, sometimes in the morning in the summertime, it's not always it's not always 80 degrees. So it's not always naked weather. Anyways, let's get to these these important etiquette. Important etiquette. Yes. Uh, if you're going to a naked bike ride, the one in Portland or anywhere else, um, here are some things that you should know. Do not gawk or stare. It's not polite to gawk or stare. It's also uh, not polite to don't touch anybody without their enthusiastic consent. So if you're one of those touchy-feely people, <laughs> yes, I mean, this could get you into trouble. Um, another thing is don't comment on people's bodies. Okay. So, right. yes. Are you, are you writing these down? Because I want I've you to... got it. I'm writing okay. it down right next to okay. Parallel Reality. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting program, hasn't it? Um, don't do anything that might be considered lewd. The World Naked Bike Ride is a protest, and that's why people are allowed to be naked. If you do anything lewd or sexual, you are breaking the law and threatening the future of the entire event. If you aren't a member of the media, don't take pictures of people you don't know. That one makes sense. That's If you aren't participating or you aren't a member of the media, don't take pictures at all. Mm-hmm. That seems legit. If you want to watch the event from the sidelines... Be naked. After all, it's only fair. That 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 seems fairly reasonable. Um, if you if you want to watch everybody else, why then you should probably have something that shows that you're not that you're one of them. Um, don't drink or smoke weed. This is a protest, not a party. The party happens later. Wear a helmet, and since the ride tends to start early in the morning, proper illumination on your head. That is. And clean up after yourself. Those are just a few rules of things that you should know if you want to participate in or be a spectator for the naked bike ride in Portland. Well, there you go. Well, we're almost out of time, Mark. Are we going to have time to get the Scully thing in? Oh, gosh. I don't think we do have time. She's, I, I heard her say a minute. So we'll we'll save that for next week. The, uh, the Dodgers did a wonderful tribute to Vince Scully at Dodger Stadium and being an old baseball fan. We'll save it and share it next week. All right, then. All right, uh, that wraps it up. Don't forget, TravelGuysRadio.com is where you'll find us. You guys have a great week. All righty? Dance like nobody's watching. See you next week at 3 o'clock.